This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. It's the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark and welcome along as the Reds continue their preparation at the start of the week in which the 2020-21 campaign officially gets underway. Coming up, we'll be talking transfers, pre-season plans and the Champions League curtain coming down. And to bring you their insight and opinion, I'm glad to say I have three fine journalists alongside me. Ian Doyle, our chief Liverpool writer, after three weeks off, is back. Doyle, I suppose this pod for you is your own bleep test to uh, to see how you, you get underway before the new season starts. Well, I, I did say a few words that would have to be bleeped out when I got told out to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Addison also with us after a uh, shorter break. Matt, how are you keeping? Nice and refreshed? Yeah, just the, the week off for me, so the, the lactate test shouldn't be uh, too much of a problem and that sort of thing. But yeah, very uh, very happy to be back. And, and as soon as uh, I'm back, the Community Shield, the new season, we all go again, don't we? Yeah, we certainly Happy do. to be back. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the years of ground doily down, who, who's to say? But also alongside us, Kiva O'Neill, who kept the uh, wheels turning whilst we were all away. Kiva, how are you keeping? Yeah, I never left. Um, I'm good, thanks, yeah. Yeah, you didn't seem to get the memo that went round about all of us booking the same week off at once. <laughs> but anyway, we'll we'll start with the Champions League. Of course, the uh, final taking place last night and Bayern Munich tying with Liverpool then for six Champions Leagues doily. And uh, well, there's a couple of players, Felipe Coutinho. We've got, I think, a, a new record there set for his name on a blood red pod and Thiago Alcantara with Liverpool fans taking plenty of interest in those two. Yeah, I wonder why. Um, who do you want to do first, Coutinho? Yeah, we can do. Well, you know, it, <clears throat> let's face it, he's, he's, his career's probably not gone the way he would have expected after he left Liverpool, but what is it? He's won the, the Spanish League twice, the Spanish Cup, the German League, the German Cup, and now he's won the he's won the Champions League. And, of course, he scored the two goals, didn't he, against Barcelona earlier in the, uh, in the pretend tournament that they've had at the end of the season. So... This is worked out quite well for him in that sense. A little bit like Fernando Torres, isn't it? Because he went to Chelsea, never as good a player as he was with Liverpool, but he ended up winning absolutely everything there. So, you know, you can't knock him for that. He'll, you know, whenever they say show us your medals, he'll be able to do that. And, you know, fair play to him. And you saw the reaction from the Liverpool, you know, former Liverpool teammates. They were all made up for him, probably because they all like, yeah, yeah, we won it last year kind of thing. So, you know, they, they do it from, the, from that position of strength. In terms of Thiago, um, has he signed yet? <laughs> um, in terms of Thiago, okay, let, let, let's put it this way: he quite clearly is going to leave Bayern Munich or Bayern Munich, I should say, and it's quite obvious that Liverpool. So certainly, Jurgen Klopp is a big fan of him, and to be honest, anybody with a brain would be quite interested in signing him. But for what price? We don't know. Do Liverpool need another midfielder at the moment? Probably not. Does will end up that they might need another midfielder because another midfielder might leave? That might happen. You know, that's why, you know, all these are the, you know, the, the variables that would have to, you know, be in place for Liverpool to actually make a move for him. I mean, people have been claiming that Liverpool have been in for him for quite some time, as we all know, including there was the, the one that got me was when they were saying that Thiago had said his goodbyes to everybody at Bayern Munich. And this was at the end of the Bundesliga season, although they were still in the Champions League. And what's he been doing every time they play a game? Does he go at the end and say, right, I'm, it might be the next game, see ya, you know, that kind of thing. But, it looks like he's finished this time. So I know there's a certain amount of Liverpool fans who are absolutely obsessed with him joining because there hasn't been very much other transfer 
news, although uh, I believe Liverpool signed somebody when I was off. An unpronounceable name, yeah. Left back, I'm sure you've done him. Uh, I'd be interested to see him play, by the way. Um, but yeah, Thiago. I mean, could he end up at Liverpool? Wouldn't be surprised. Would I be surprised if he doesn't? No. No, and Kiva, I suppose with that that win for Bayern Munich, for some Reds fans, it's a look at the past in Coutinho and maybe the future in Thiago Alcantara. And a lot of people, as Tony said, getting very excited. I know you guys spoke about it on, on Friday, how there's sort of that, that hope that it is that excitement that's driving this maybe more than anything else. Yeah, I think it's just one of them, isn't it? It was the same last summer with Nicolas Pepe, wasn't it? I think anyone whose name sort of crops up and then they put in performances like Thiago did last night, you know, that pass was sensational and he seems to almost run the game in a similar way to Wijnaldum quite quietly and you have to really watch him to realise how many of the strings he's pulling. Um, You know, he's an incredible player and I think social media, you know, in this age of social media, I think transfers are always going to be just crazier aren't they as soon as now if you look at Thiago's posts like you know when he posted last night I think he's posted this morning you know pictures of him with the European Cup and it's literally just underneath just straight away it's just Liverpool fans within seconds just like with you know all funny pictures and him in a Liverpool kit and stuff like that and I don't know if I'm a big fan of that kind of thing because I feel like it's quite obsessive. If he signs for Liverpool he does but let's not get carried away you know because he might not sign for Liverpool um, but, you know, obviously fans are entitled to be excited about this kind of thing. That's what keeps us all going, doesn't it, over the summer. It's the, the transfer gossip and, you know, who they might sign. And I think I mentioned on Friday about Luis Suarez as the type of player to be come back to Liverpool. For me, I'd feel like Liverpool were nailed on for the Premier League just because of his hunger and determination. And watching Thiago last night, I did think, is he one of them signings who comes to Liverpool and you just think straight away, well, Liverpool are definitely going to, you know, go back to back and, and win the title again. And I think he probably is. Um, so, you know, it is quite quite an interesting one, isn't it? It just seems to be kind of now ramping up again. Like it was weeks and weeks, wasn't it? But obviously now, obviously um, he's won the Champions League. He's definitely leaving Bayern. So um, I think Liverpool fans are just waiting now, aren't they? Yeah, is that the stage we're at with this, Matt, that Bayern season now has finally finished, given they, they've been in the Champions League? And with that all coming to an end now, we know the the speculation and everything's going to intensify even more. I think former Liverpool midfielder Dietmar Hamann's been on radio saying that he, he basically thinks everything's done and it'll just be a case of agreeing a fee. A lot of people seeming to be jumping to many conclusions. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, we've seen it so many times every single day. We've talked about him, we've heard about him. There's been some sort of new angle or, or new line in this transfer story. And as you say, I think that's only going to get more and more and more, but and, well, certainly until Liverpool kick off the new season or, or something happens more significant with Thiago. But I suppose it, it does make sense that they would have to get the Champions League out of the way first. I mean, just in, in terms of the player, he is an unbelievable player. I think he got something like 89-90% pass success completion last night, which, you know, for a Champions League final against a, a team as good as PSG, it, it sort of shows the, the quality that he is at. But you know, for me, it, it all comes back to the fee. And I know we've talked about this before. Bayern Munich reportedly want €30 million Euros for a player whose contract expires in nine or ten months' time. And it just doesn't make sense for, for Liverpool, in my opinion, to go and spend that sort of money on a player who is approaching 30 when you can get him for free potentially next summer. So 
Well, that might change if, say, Gini Wijnaldum was to leave and, and Liverpool were to get €30 million, Euros, for example, for him. Potentially, then, you could sort of justify uh, putting that money back in and, and getting Thiago as a replacement. But I think, you know, as Doyle said, there's got to be one or two outgoings before Liverpool look to sign another midfielder because, you know, they've already got Marco Gruic that we've seen over the weekend. They've already got other players in that position. They are well-stocked in that area. And, you know, as much as he is a brilliant player, as much as Liverpool fans would like him, and we do know for a fact that Jürgen Klopp is a big fan of him as well from his time being in Germany. You know, he's praised him hugely in the past. I just don't think financially the figures as they stand at this moment in time make too much sense. So, Look, the links that are going to continue, if anything, they will get more and more and more. As we know, Thiago is going to be on the move this summer, but it wouldn't surprise me, actually, if he ended up somewhere like PSG rather than Liverpool, just because of those sums that are involved. Yeah, Doyle, is that maybe where we're at also with, I suppose, the transfer window on a wider scale for Liverpool and many other clubs, the, the, the market, the way it is, that it will more than ever be that domino effect. If Gini Wijnaldum goes, maybe say Barcelona have been linked in the last few days, of course, with Koeman going in at the at the new camp, that then all of a sudden a chain of events spirals and that would be the way in which the market operates. You've got to bear in mind the transfer window's open until October the 5th, is it? So it's a long time to go. But as far as I'm concerned, I reckon this will be done inside two weeks in terms of <clears throat> where he's actually going to go. Because... Bayern will want to, want, to, want to get it sorted. Wherever he's going to will want to bring him in. You know, obviously, like, I'd probably have a holiday or something after winning the Champions League. So I think it serves nobody's interest to, to let it linger for any longer than it already has, which it's only been lingering this long because Bayern have still been in the Champions League and the way that the, the season's been gone, I think otherwise, normally, he would have been done and dusted and gone to wherever he was going a couple of months ago. But we know that this this year, this season, you know, this summer's been a bit different to... To normal, I mean, I mean, with Liverpool, you're right. You forget how many players they've got. You forget because they've had so many players go out on loan. I mean, Gruich, I think people just he dropped off the radar for a lot of people, as as Matt said, and he's done really well with Hertha Berlin uh, last season. So he's somebody that Klopp will want to have a look at. But the reality is, he's barely played a game for Liverpool in the past couple of years, and I'd be amazed if. And bear in mind, the last time he played Liverpool were you know, just outgoing uh, European champions, world champions and Premier League champions. So the, the, the level's been ramped up quite a lot. So, yeah, if, you would imagine if Liverpool can move on the likes of Gruwich and possibly one or two others, whether they'd be tempted to make a move. But even then, €30 million Euros for a player who's you know, going to be 30 next year. I don't think the age thing that matters that much. It was interesting that what Keeper said about Suarez. I wouldn't take Suarez back at all. I actually think that he's gone. gone over, he's gone over the hill in the sense of his pace has gone, I think, a little bit. And while it'd be great just to, you know, bring on the last 20 minutes and just annoy everybody. But, you know, would he want to do that? I'm not sure. I, I think I think that one, you know, that, that particular boat sailed. I don't think you can compare him to Thiago in terms of his age as well. I think, what is Suarez now, 34 or something? 32, he's, he's, you know, at that age, that's, you know, four or five years. That's a full contract for a player between him and Thiago. So I wouldn't be too bothered about Thiago's age in terms of him if he, if he finds whether he'd be able to do anything because you saw the way that he plays against PSG. He plays the game at his pace and he's not averse to like putting the boot in or you know getting stuck in. So wouldn't have any you know problems with him, you know, adjusting to the English style of play. And he's you know, he he's he would be great for Liverpool, but as we've said, it's it's ultimately down to whether or not Liverpool think that it's a transfer that is financially viable for these 
as has been said many times, unprecedented times. Yeah, exactly. I suppose if you're talking about Suarez and bringing him on for the last 20 minutes to annoy people, I suppose you could you could fill that role, Doyle at Anfield. You could run on, kick a few people, and and run back off. But uh, I, I, I don't fancy Eton though. To be fair, <laughs> no, no, fair enough. Uh, Kiva, in terms of that though, we you've been running the uh, the blog throughout the day, and there is news from Barcelona. Now on Friday, you did a. Um, Somewhat of a, a fire sale special from Barcelona. Who would you take at Liverpool? And it does seem as though Luis Suarez is maybe going to be getting sent on his way by Ronald Koeman. Yeah, um, apparently he's had a, I don't know, it was a meeting or a phone call today. So reports in Spain suggest, and basically Ronald Koeman said that um, he's the sort of first out the door. He's not got a future at Barcelona now, um, which, you know, you expect for a lot of players there. But I think this will be a blow in terms of, you know, him and Messi are pretty much best mates, aren't they? And um, I think, you know, it's going to be... We, we knew it was going to be interesting. We said that on Friday. You know, I think it could be... It could be one of them where, you know, you think everyone's going to leave Barca because, they, you know, they're trying to change up, but then no one wants to buy these players for the price they want and stuff like that. So... You know, it might not turn out the way they want it, but yeah. Um, basically, apparently, um, the new boss has come in, and and the first player he wants out is Suarez, which is, I think, it sort of sets the tone, doesn't it? It's quite the sort of major statement to say, right, Luis Suarez, no more. Which you know, because he's been incredible, hasn't he, since he he joined Barcelona? I think he scored is it like two hundred and fifty goals. I might be wrong, but um, he's absolutely smashed it there. Um. They could just check then. He's 33, so I still think he can do a job, Ian. Um, and yeah, so it is quite interesting reading that today. And, you know, I think a lot, of, you know, when I posted it straight away, we got a lot more readers on the blog. You know, people are interested in him. I think it'll always be the same for, for players like that until they retire. Um, you saw that with Torres when he was sort of going back to Atletico Madrid. There was that little bit of hope that maybe he'd sign for Liverpool, but like Ian mentions, they, they probably wouldn't be, you know, they are a little bit past it now, so it probably wouldn't have worked out. But, you know, you still kind of think he would, he'd do a good job. Like like Ian does annoying us, he would definitely, um, he'd come on the pitch, wouldn't he, and put in a few tackles and just hold up play, you know, that kind of play. And I think, you know what, he'd, he'd be good just to sort of set the tone and, and training and stuff, and it'd just be another player with that you know, world-class sort of mentality. He's, he's a ruthless player. Um, and, yeah, I think I think he would be good to come back to Liverpool. But th- there was sort of a bit of speculation he might be heading back to Ajax last week. So, whether, you know, he, he, he gets his home coming, but it just might not be Anfield. Is he, is he out of contract? He is, isn't he? I think I read he's got, like, an option or something. Oh, so they, they'd take the option, wouldn't they, and then sell him for money? That's probably Yeah, like that. basically, yeah. It was in Spanish and I translated it. And I never quite translated well. I tried to get a couple of lines on the blog in a good translation. You know, my Spanish isn't too good. So, Well, Matt, we know which camp Kiva's in. We know which camp Doyle's in. What about yourself? Would you take Luis Suarez back at Anfield? No, I don't think I would, to be honest. I do think he's slightly past it at this stage. He's obviously had a lot of good years with Barcelona and I suppose this year has sort of been a, a fairly big drop-off for him. I can understand why they're looking to, to see the back of him. But uh, yeah, no, I think there's there's other options that Liverpool have got. I think we're going to talk about Ryan Brewster at some point during the podcast. Obviously, Takumi Minamino was fairly impressive over the weekend as well. So I think Liverpool are, are fairly 
sort of well stocked in terms of that at the moment. I think there's you know bigger priorities. Certainly, I'd be looking to to sign a centre back before I started to to look at someone like Luis Suarez. So yeah, there's there's plenty of other options for Liverpool, but uh, yeah, he wouldn't be the first name on my list. Are they selling Messi? Because I'd probably take him. He'd be a good option for the bench. Yeah. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, let's look then over the course of the weekend. Liverpool having their first pre-season fixture, beating Stuttgart 3-0 in torrential rain in Austria. Doily, I think a lot of people very excited for this season, maybe for what Rian Brewster can offer. He got the third goal in the game and he comes back off a productive loan spell at Swansea City. Do you think he's got the uh, the qualities to add to the squad this season for Jurgen Klopp or are we likely to see him head back out? Well, first things first, uh, I haven't seen the game and I didn't even know he'd scored until just then. So that's a good start. But talking about talking about Brewster generally, I think it was 11-22 he got Swansea at the end of last season. I mean, I wrote a piece basically saying Liverpool were waiting to see. Klopp will have a look at him. Uh, over these next couple of weeks, the reality is he's he's just played. They played one game and he's come on and he scored. So he can't do much more than that. I think Liverpool are. I think it's a weird one because I can't imagine Liverpool wanting to go on loan to a Championship team. He's proven that he can do it there. I think if he was going to go anywhere, it would be a Premier League team. But then, will Liverpool look to you know because they don't have they have options up front, but they haven't got anybody you describe as being an out and out striker, goal scorer. You know, somebody can run in. You know from a central area in behind the defence and you know, the old phrase fox in the box. And that's what, you know, that's what Brewster is. And that's what he can bring. Anybody who's seen him play, you know, Matt's seen quite a lot for the academy. That's the kind of player he is. He can play out wide, but he's definitely a lot better down the middle. And with him, you know, his age, what is he now, 20, I think? So he, and he, and he did miss, you know, he missed 18 months basically of his development. And that's a massive deal. And so he's been playing catch up for about the past 12 months. And I think the last six months have been a massive step for him. I think, Liverpool, I would not be surprised if he's come back to training and Liverpool have been impressed. This is just going off by what I would assume. Liverpool have been impressed by what he's done because he will have improved considerably playing competitive football for six months. And in a league which I think everybody you know, accepts that the Championship is such a strange division that you know, if you are able to impress in that as a youngster, especially if you've dropped down a level from the Premier League and you're used to playing in that, that kind of environment, even if it's only on the, you know, at Melwood on the training pitch, that... You can do it there then. You know, you, you, your next step is to be playing in the Premier League. And I think Liverpool, certainly at the moment, he can't do much more than what he's been doing. And I wouldn't be surprised if, again, because the, the transfer window, even that the, the loans, that's right, saying that the loans are actually extended. They don't have to make a decision on loans till like more or less November. I think it's, it's a couple of weeks after the October deadline, isn't it? So Liverpool have got loans of time to have a look at him and they'll be playing. The, the, the fixtures list. I've, I've been paying some attention. I think the, the fixture list is the league <laughs> played really early on, one week after the next. And I think we could. That, that's going to be good for a lot of Liverpool's fringe players because they'll get a chance to play. They'll be playing in these games before the decision has to be made on whether they can go out on loan or they might get sold. So Liverpool it could well be that you know you get down towards the end of September and suddenly Liverpool's squad is quite big and that they might prune it then. But for now, Brewster's got a great chance just to carry on doing what he was doing in the second half of last season, that's scoring goals. 
Yeah, Matt, I'll come to you on Brewster and even some of the other young attacking talents. Everyone gets excited to see attacking talents arrive, whether it be transfers or coming through the academy. And I suppose there's been a lot of talk about how this coming season could be a big season for Curtis Jones. Harvey Elliott's, of course, been round it as well. But Rian Brewster coming back, he is in a different position, isn't he? Having tasted regular first team football for the second half of last season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I wrote a piece about him a couple of weeks ago, which sort of pointed out that he was in that same England under-17 sort of youth group as the likes of Jaden Sancho, Callum Hudson-Odoi, players like that. And you know, the only difference really between those players and, and Rian Brewster is that he had more than 12 months out injured. He's missed all of that development. He's then had to come back. And you know, even after that 12 months out injured, he then had to get himself back match fit and, and go out and you know, I think it's to his credit that he went out to Swansea and, and did as well as he did. You know, 11 goals in half a season, having just gone there, having you know only just been moved up into that senior setup, is you know really really impressive. And I would be surprised if if Liverpool didn't want to keep him around next season and were pushing to to sort of move him out on loan. I think the only reason he would end up going out on loan next season would be if he sort of turned around and said, "Well, I'm not going to get the minutes at, at Liverpool. I want to be playing." Premier League football week in, week out. And you know, I'm sure there'll be sort of five or six Premier League clubs, probably mid-table to, to the bottom half, who would certainly take him. You think of someone, for example, like Crystal Palace, you could imagine him going there for a season and, and doing you know fairly well and, and scoring a few goals. So I think ultimately, you know, as Doyle said, Liverpool have got ages and ages to decide you know what happens with Rian Brewster next season. But I do think there's a good chance it will be pretty much down to him. I think for me at, at the moment, I wouldn't be against, you know, if, if Divock Origi left, you know, he could come in and, and play the minutes that he played last season. But at the same time, as I say, I think Rian Brewster will certainly have a say in that. And if he really desperately wants to continue having had that taste at, at Swansea, I think there's a good chance Liverpool would let him do that. Yeah. And aside from Brewster, Kiva, it, it does seem to be quite a big season this coming for two midfield players Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain of course picking up a, a knee injury over the course of the first week out in Austria and Naby Keita who himself also got on the score sheet they do seem to be in the similar position in terms of big things are expected for this coming season but right now seem to be in different places with one injured and one of course scoring against Stuttgart. Yeah um, obviously not what you want as a Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain another injury Um but this one, you know, Klopp said it's similar to Henderson's injury and hopefully, you know, he'll be back in a, in a few weeks. So he's definitely out for the, the community shield. He'll miss that against his former club, Arsenal, which I'm sure would have been a good day even without fans for him. Um, but yeah, so that's disappointing and it kind of hinders the progress he was making towards the end of last season and last season, to be honest, because he scored quite a lot of goals, some of them spectacular as ever, you know, what you expect from him. Um, some games he probably didn't do as well as he should have or sometimes you just didn't know what he was meant to be doing almost but um, you know largely he did impress me and I feel quite sorry for him now that it's another sort of setback but I'm sure you know he, he'd be working hard he's already back at Melwood isn't he you know um, undergoing this rehabilitation so hopefully you know we just see see him back in the first few weeks of the season just as though you know no time's passed and he hasn't missed anything Um because he's a great option to have, I think, in terms of moving forward. Um, Naby Keita, I think he, you know, I didn't catch all of the first half. I saw a few glimpses, what you see on, on social media, his goal. You know, he took that really well, I think, was the outside of his, his boot. Um, lovely finish. Um, 
I think it's it's an important season for him because he can no longer feel like, you know, every season we sort of say, you know, he could be like a new sign and that, that's kind of over for me now. He just needs to start producing <clears throat> because, you know, we see that sort of world-class in him, the abilities there, and then it kind of goes missing, whether it's through an injury, which, you know, is sometimes you can't prevent those things. And then he sort of seems to curtail a little bit his progress but hopefully you know he's just on a steady path now and I think you'd like to think he's one of the first names on the team sheet when he is fit I think this could be his sort of not his breakout season but this could be the one where it's like wow Liverpool have got some player on the hands because I feel like we all sense that we just need we need to, to stitch a whole season together rather than um you know little bits and bobs here and there I just think he needs to hopefully you know touch what he's, he's got some good luck in him in terms of not getting any injuries because that would be obviously a blow. But, you know, moving forward again, he's he's such a good player to have, isn't he? So fingers crossed that, you know, on the injury front for the whole team, but for them two in particular, it's not as bad for Oxlade-Chamberlain and Keita can just have a, a nice run at this season. Yeah, and I suppose, Dolly, even tying in the Thiago stuff with this in terms of the midfield, if Keita and Oxlade-Chamberlain stayed fit more often than they were injured, which does seem to hinder both players. We probably wouldn't even talk about Liverpool maybe needing a midfield player. Certainly, as Kiva said there, the potential and the glimpses of quality that Naby Keita, for one, does show when he is able to get get a run together. Well, I think the only reason they're talking about uh, Iago is because the, the whole debate over Wijnaldum. If Wijnaldum had signed a new contract about six months ago, I don't think anybody would even be talking about signing him. So I think there's that. I mean, obviously they lost Lallana, but Curtis Jones is seen as the natural replacement for him. They don't want to hinder his progress. So they're not going to bring somebody in for the sake of it, which is why you know they, they won't spend a massive amount of money on a player they don't necessarily need. Um, in terms of Cater, I think it's... I, th- I don't think he's... In the sense, the bigger sense, I don't think he's got anything to prove now. I think you know he played nine. What was it nine games more or less? You know, when we came back the the end of last season, he was Liverpool's best player by miles in that. And he was doing all the things that you'd expect him to do. Whether or not it helped that he didn't have the crowd there with a added a little bit of pressure, I don't know. But it's not just him. There's an awful lot of teams who are in that same situation. Individual players who seem to benefit from you know not having that pressure on them. But he's kind of producing the form, or he has been producing the form that. That's why Liverpool spent an awful lot of money for him. I don't think there's any questions now about whether he can do it. I think the question now is just making sure, as Keeper said, making sure he's fit. In terms of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I wrote something on him you know, a couple of months ago now, actually, that I was amazed by how many times he's played last season. He played a lot because he's not got a settled position. He's played, you know, he played on the left wing, didn't he, in a couple of games. Certainly played against Chelsea in the Super Cup, wasn't great. But then he scored from there at Bournemouth. He's come on and played on the right. He's played. He played uh, in the number nine role against uh, Genk, wasn't it? In the in the Champions League as the false nine, and obviously he's played in central midfield as well. So he's played in all of the positions. He's so versatile. I think that's why Klopp, you know, wanted him in the first place. And in terms of him, again, it's it's the injury thing, isn't it? He, he does tend to get these little, you know, these little problems. He's, you know, he had the big one, obviously, with the uh, with the knee problem, which ruled him out for best. You know, it was twelve months, wasn't it? But since then. He's featured in so many squads, and he's, you know, he, he's the kind of player that you need if you're going to win stuff. And funnily enough, he was in the squad last season, played a load of games, and Liverpool won the league. What a surprise! So, you know, that's the kind of job that he'll be expected to do again next season. I don't think them signing Thiago, if they sign Thiago, if they decide to 
make a move for him if one album goes, you know, we're doing this again. But <laughs> if somebody new arrives, I don't think it's going to compromise the jobs of either Cater or Oxlade Chamberlain because any new arrival will only be to replace somebody who leaves. No, fair point on on that. And yeah, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, I think it was only the, the front three actually scored more goals in all competitions for Liverpool last season than him. So that is certainly something he does bring to the squad. Well, final point on the, the pre-season game against Stuttgart. And I'll come to you, Matt, on this one. And it's around excitement around a player called, a, a player Joe Rimmer refers to as Billy Kay, Billy Cometio, who uh, featured and, well, not many fans know too much about him or didn't know too much about him, but he certainly was in Impressive. Yeah, he certainly was. He's one of those who's stepped up from the academy and stepped up into to Liverpool training this preseason. Seems to be, you know, impressing. He's obviously very physically um, well developed. Still only seventeen, doesn't turn eighteen, I don't think, until November. But yeah, he seems to be one that Liverpool have drafted in. And obviously, we know Dan Lovren has has moved on this summer. Not really been any natural replacement for for him brought in. You wonder. You know, whether Jurgen Klopp and his backroom team are having a look at a few different options. I think it's probably still a, a little bit too soon for, for Billy Cometio, but certainly lots of Liverpool fans were, were rightly impressed with him over the weekend. I thought he slotted in really well when he came on. He wasn't on for, for the full half, was he? And he played about half of that half, uh, replacing, I think, Seth Vandenberg. But yeah, he's uh, an exciting player. He's, he's been at Liverpool, I think, for about 18 months or so now. I think he came in um, at the beginning of, of 2019, Played for Leon earlier in his career, played as a winger. I think you could sort of see that a little bit. Um, obviously, with some of his passing from centre back, I think he's you know a really interesting and exciting option for for Liverpool going forward. But yeah, all I would say is he's still only seventeen. So as much as he looks like the finished product physically, there's still a lot of development for him to do. I can't believe he's taller than Van Dijk. By the way, like and he's seventeen, so he's probably going to keep growing, surely. Yeah, 1.95 metres, I think he is, which is wow. not far off the approach, is it? Yeah, too tall for a winger. He's not really going to be a tricky winger anymore, is he? No, no. He, I think he, he played as a very young child as a winger, then played as a left-back, and, and Liverpool have converted him to a centre-back. So, yeah, certainly one to watch. No, certainly we'll keep an eye on him. And Kiva Liverpool step up their preparations for pre-season tomorrow. They play Salzburg, who, of course, they played in the, the Champions League last season as well. And it does sort of really hammer home, I suppose, the games with Stuttgart and Red Bull Salzburg so quickly after one another that we're not in a usual pre-season. Of course, last year, Liverpool kicked off pre-season playing the likes of Tramie Rovers and, and Bradford City as well. Whereas this year, we know, obviously, at the end of this week, it's the Community Shield coming up. We are straight away into the new season yeah I mean the mighty tram yeah, that was a great day out for us wasn't it Ian we had a good yes. yeah. day at Prenton Park um, you got your yeah, picture Prent- of yeah I did yeah, yeah. it's quite a funny story that I should have quickly tell it, it yeah, go. Go. Yeah. so Ian spotted Harvey Elliott there and he hadn't yet signed for Liverpool so I was like should I because we couldn't get a picture of him but we were writing the story as though you know Harvey Elliott's here oh isn't this exciting? And basically, we couldn't get a picture of him because we were sat behind him. So then after the game, I think it was after the game, wasn't it? He was sort of just like, you know, hanging about. And um, I just went over and was like, can I can I get a picture with you? And he's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Got a picture with him. And then I just cropped me out and like sent it to the desk. Like, here's a picture of Harvey Elliott. <laughs> but obviously, you know, I, I have got that picture framed somewhere. Um, no, I haven't. But yeah, no, that's not <laughs> A little side note story there for you is that I don't think I've ever told. So 
Yeah. Um, and what was we now? I've gone completely yeah. off. No, we, we were talking about just the fact that Liverpool have got Salzburg to come tomorrow, and it's just stepping up preparations in in pre season. Yeah, I think Salzburg's a, a great choice. Obviously, it's you know Liverpool are in Austria, aren't they? So it makes sense to play them, and obviously, it makes sense to play them because they play a similar style to Liverpool. So it's you know, I think it's important to sort of see see how it's going. And I always think, you know, with like um, Jesse Marsh's comments that come out this morning of, you know, five players you can think of from uh, both clubs that could, you know, go to Liverpool. And I was thinking, you know, Jürgen might have sort of set this up and he might have his eye on one or two players, you know, it could be a good good way to get a closer look, a little scouting mission perhaps. And obviously it'll, it'll test the lads out. We know, you know, last season... Um, they, they pushed Liverpool to the limits, didn't they? Really, especially in that first game at Anfield. Um, so you know it's going to be a good a good test for Liverpool, and I think it'll sort of get them back into that you know rhythm and routine. Um, as we saw against Stuttgart, they were good opposition, weren't they? And put up a good good fight. You know, to only get beat three 0 by Liverpool is you know for some clubs a big thing. I'd say you know this Liverpool team in particular. Um, Looking forward to that. And then, obviously, you've got Arsenal at the weekend, which I think will be less friendly um, than the Community Shield normally is. I feel like we'll see a similar game to the Man City one. Um, And speaking of Man City, I do feel like testing yourself against Salzburg, who are attacking and, like, a lot of the ball is similar to how, you know, Liverpool's main opposition again next year for the Premier League title will be Man City. So, you know, to play a team like Salzburg, who sort of will you know, come at Liverpool in the same way City do, I think will give Klopp a good idea of, you know, where he where he needs to, you know, the players he he can depend on and things like that. And, you know, obviously we know it is is a good game for fitness as well. Yeah, and Doyle, Jesse Marshall, as Kiva alluded to, has been speaking uh, before the game, effectively how the styles are similar between Red Bull Salzburg and Liverpool. And, I mean, some of his quotes make it seem as though this is going to be half scouting mission, half half friendly for Liverpool as well. Yeah, I'm not sure what he's on about there, to be honest. I couldn't name you three of the players from from, from Salzburg. In fact, I could name you one of the players from Salzburg who get in the Liverpool team, to be honest. So uh, maybe one or two Leipzig ones would quite fancy it. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the game itself, I actually don't think it's very good preparation for the uh, for the Arsenal game in terms of if you're trying to beat Arsenal because we know what Arsenal are going to do. They're just going to sit back and, and defend and you know, Salzburg won't do that. But I almost think... You know, these are, as Keeper said, these are just fitness games. You know, they, they just need, there was, you know, there was every chance they might not have even played any games, but, you know, in the end, they're out there. Salzburg have obviously been approached and they're, they're you know, receptive to it because they need to play as well. So, you know, the Stuttgart game was good good exercise. I would imagine that the, the Salzburg game will be the same in the sense that they'll just play absolutely everybody that's out there. So the first half will be a, you might see a, stronger team or possibly they might just play them in the second half. I mean, the team that started against Stuttgart, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the team that plays against Arsenal with, you know, I think Curtis Jones. We know that Trent's not going to play. That'd be amazing if Henderson's playing. He won't. We might see a bit of Henderson possibly on Tuesday. I don't know. But um, I think that could be the team to play Arsenal. And I think it, it will just get treated as an extra friendly. It's not like last season where... You know, it was against City and it was a, a chance. I mean, Jurgen Klopp said at the time, he said, "When uh, OK, I know we got beat by City on penalties, but I watched that game and thought, yeah, we're going to be all right this season because Liverpool played well against City and they were, you know, the standards, that was the barometer. So they knew they were going to have to beat Liverpool. I played them in the second half. I don't think that's going to be happening against Arsenal. I think it will be friendly because don't forget, after that, they end up playing for two weeks. 
because the international break's coming up. So it seems as though the game on Saturday is a little bit of a box ticking exercise for me because they have to do it because they've always done it. And it'll just be treated as a friendly. And I think that that's how Liverpool will, will look at it. I would imagine Arsenal would too. On that though, and we'll we'll talk obviously about the Community Shield in more depth on Friday's podcast, but as you said there last season, Jurgen Klopp referring to the, the Man City game. I remember before the, the game himself, he was saying in Germany, the German Super Cup, it's it's a bigger deal than the Community Shield is over here. I know we perhaps maybe look at it more as a friendly, but Jurgen Klopp might not. He might be looking at it as a chance to lay down a marker, even if it is two weeks before the season starts. I think, I think if there'd been fans there and had it been a normal game, it would have been slightly different. I do think that the whole no fans there, a very strange situation in a normal way, like the City game, you know, Liverpool quite clearly were desperate to win that one and they were gutted afterwards. But I don't know, the Arsenal one, I just genuinely do think it will. It, it, it's a case of having a look at players, having a look who's playing well because, you know, he's then going to, you know, Klopp's then going to lose half of his squad to, to, to international uh, duty. So, It'll be one of the last times he's able to to actually see what he wants to be doing going into those first few games of the season. Yeah, it does seem very strange timing. And as you say, box ticking exercise. But Matt, final oh. word on the Jesse Marsh stuff. Of course, you caught up with him during lockdown. And during that chat, he was as open as he has been with the comments this time around, talking about players leaving and everything. It's not really sort of what you typically expect of a manager, basically flaunting their players to other clubs. No, I mean, that's what we said at the time, isn't it? But it is sort of their model, isn't it, to move players from Salzburg to Leipzig and then move on to other places. We've seen that with Hee-Chan Huang, who impressed against Liverpool last season, now ended up at at RB Leipzig under Julian Nagelsmann. So, look, I I think it's a a well-trodden path. It's a path that certainly Liverpool have kept an eye on in the past. And I think, as we'll see on Tuesday, it's, you know, no surprise that that is the case because they do play in a very similar way to Liverpool. So, Look, I don't think any of the, the names who are going to be on the Salzburg team sheet on Tuesday are going to be ready to, to move to Liverpool this summer and, and make a big impact. But potentially, you know, a few years down the line, maybe another move and then Liverpool, potentially one or two of those names might be worth keeping a, a little bit of an eye on. And, you know, you'd imagine that, that Jesse Marsh at some point will move on, whether that's to, to Leipzig, whether that's to the Premier League. So, you know, he too is, is somebody who's very much up and coming and I suppose is what the, the Red Bull Salzburg sort of model and, and their club is all about. It's all about young players. It's all about playing in a particular way and almost accepting that you are a stepping stone, which I don't know how their fans might feel about that. I suppose they are one of the better teams in Austria, so they might not care too much about that. But yeah, very much a, a stepping stone. And I'm sure there will be players to, to keep an eye on. And I think it'll just be, you know, for Liverpool, all about fitness, all about getting ready for this new season, I think, as much as anything. So, yeah, certainly one to watch out for. Yeah, certainly some players to keep an eye on and keep an eye on the Liverpool Echo website tomorrow as we do bring you, of course, reaction to that second pre-season friendly against Red Bull Salzburg in Austria. We'll also have a special post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel. The Blood Red podcast, of course, will be back on Friday to look ahead to the weekend's Community Shield game. But from myself, Guy Clark, Matt Addison, Kiever O'Neill, and Ian Doyle, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.